BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you to earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Navy Federal also offers equity loan options to help you get the funds you need to consolidate high interest debt, work on home improvements, or cover any of life's big expenses. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. Here at How to Money, we're always encouraging listeners to think about some of the different ways they can earn some money on the side to reach their financial goals. And guess what? While you're away, your home could also earn extra income. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. Yeah, hosting is a lot easier than you might think, and you don't need to Airbnb a whole house. You can just host your extra spare room. So consider becoming an Airbnb host, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Upswell Marketing would like to remind listeners that most people don't belong to two gyms. They don't see two dentists or trust two auto repair shops. So when customers choose your small business over your competitors, they're really choosing you. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads. And in fact, that formula and media mix has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. And new customers receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're asking the question, will inflation wreck your finances? Now that we have kids, anytime I hear the word wreck, it makes me think of Wreck-It Ralph, <laughs> because that's a movie uh, that I've seen, and that's what I think of when I hear Wreck-It. Uh, but, but yeah, still, I would say Wreck-It Ralph, or, or Ralph Breaks the Internet, is probably one of the greatest oh. Disney movies ever made. Dude, Sarah Silverman, she's the, uh, the she's little so girl. Good. Yeah. I'm a big fan of those movies. I feel like there's some of the better ones out there today, but yes, inflation, that is what we're talking about today. We, you know, we've touched on inflation before, we've, specifically when we've talked about investing. Uh, inflation is a big reason why it is that we, we do invest, uh, but we're going to talk about the ways that inflation uh, impacts our money today, different things that the government can do, and things that we can do as individuals as well to make sure that inflation doesn't wreck our finances. That's right. Yeah, there are steps you can take to make sure inflation 
uh, isn't you know taking a chunk essentially out of your savings. We'll talk about that today on the show. But before we get to that, Matt, before we talk about inflation, I want to talk about pizza. Everyone likes pizza. I do. I yeah. like pizza more than I like inflation. I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> oh, do you? Well, because inflation's a yeah. yeah I, I, I was gonna say we're gonna talk about <laughs> the, the good side of inflation too. So yeah, there yeah. are some positives there. Right. But but pizza is even better, even though inflation has you know its its positive benefits. Pizza has, you know, a bigger upside, I would say. Uh, but a question I had recently, you know, my wife and I were like talking about whether we should get like two medium pizzas or two large pizzas. You know, obviously, if we get two large pizzas, we're probably going to have leftovers. And then there's this one place that that I like to get pizza in town. I know you like it too. It has 20 inch pies, and so like these are like extra large pizzas, They're essentially. So good. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, well now I'm curious, what is the the price? Per, per like square inch difference or whatever <laughs> on pizza and i know that's kind of maybe a nerdy thing to think but like i want to get i want to get my money's worth these are the kind of things we've, we've thought about dude and we've had these discussions as well uh specifically i remember talking to you about this sitting outside of midway which is a local restaurant and remember we talked about the beer per dollar kind of like the value we're like there needs to be an app where you can punch in <laughs> the quantity of beer the price of the beer maybe the abv as well that way you can compare apples to apples when it comes to these beers but yeah you're talking about doing that now with pizza yeah i'm still waiting on you to develop that app but uh but somebody has developed a calculator when it comes to pizza and so you can plug in like how nice. many pieces you're getting you know the the inch size uh the diameter essentially of the the pizza and then you you figure out the price per square inch and so you can figure out all right if i'm getting should I get two 16s or should I get a 20 inch pizza? Oh, or, or should I yeah. get like, you know, two, well, that, two eight inches? Hard, right? or, yeah. It, but like, <laughs> it's interesting because it's almost always better, from what I can tell, to go with the bigger pizza and then eat the leftovers because you're going to be paying less money per square inch. But we'll link to that calculator in the show notes. If you're wondering, you know, what, what's the better deal? Should I get the medium or the large? And you want to actually run the numbers <laughs> as opposed to just kind of by <laughs> blind faith order, order the medium or large, then yeah, check this calculator out. And I know we've got listeners out there who do want to run the numbers you're <laughs> nerds just like we are but dude it makes me think of aldi pizza lately we've been getting the uh, they've got a 16 inch um it's like the take and bake it's like not frozen it's in the refrigerated section you take it home pop it in the oven it's like the, five bucks right the rising crust yeah five or six bucks it's really good dude we uh we hit that up last friday Are really really good might be an oversell dude no for the money you can't beat it it is for the money it it's is not so bad. good it's not great though that plus uh some greens from uh from, from our garden some you know some salad greens uh, that's a, that's a really cheap Friday night if uh, <laughs> if you're looking to save some money. We did that last Friday, so stinking good. I was just I don't know. I was just so happy sitting there eating everything. I was just like, <laughs> this was basically free. This pizza costs virtually nothing. I'm the happy man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Sometimes I'm willing to sacrifice quality for price. You know, like it doesn't always have to be the best value. Sometimes you just want the five dollar Aldi pizza because you want pizza and you don't want to spend much money. Yes, yeah, it's, it's and again, it's not like it's they're like the I don't know pizza bagel bites or whatever. It's not like Tostinos <laughs> or what is, what is it called? like the ones that used to get like 10 yes. of them for $10 not and the a, frozen and a, ones yeah. in a sleeve or whatever like those things are terrible yeah <laughs> but when you get it fresh like that and they've you know they haven't been frozen they're sitting there in the refrigerator section I think those are really good I ate so many of those Totino's pizzas in college and uh I've grown up since then I've matured a little bit I'm glad I don't eat those anymore Matt let's move on to the beer yes this one's called Be Easy it's by Monday Night Brewing right down the street this is a Citra IPA. Looking forward to having this hop-heavy beer on, on the show today, man. Yeah, we've had a lot of different beers from different breweries on the show, but with these last two that we've had on the show, so on Monday's episode, we had that sour, and now we're having this IPA. I think with these two beers, they easily take the lead on the most number of beers from a specific brewery, uh, but there's good reason for that, and we'll share our thoughts on this one at the end of the episode. So 
sounds good. But for now, let's let's move on to the subject at hand. We're asking the question: Will inflation wreck your finances? And Matt, as we're like preparing for this episode, I'm trying to think like what's a good analogy for inflation? Yeah, like a pizza analogy when it comes to <laughs> no pizza analogy. It made me think of electricity because I, I personally don't think about electricity much. I just flip the switch, the lights come on, and I'm happy, right? Um, but what's going on behind the scenes? It would seem is quite complex to get the electricity. You know, uh, there, all, there all are the definitely things I don't understand. It makes me fearful of it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to mess with electricity. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's the one thing I, I hear a lot of people who are DIY folks. Uh, they're like, I'll do anything except for electricity, yeah. right? And, and but like, I'm not going to go into all the details of how electricity is generated. Uh, Plus, you, you probably don't know. I don't yourself, really know. Right? Yeah. That's the main reason why. Not because you know I, I'm. I don't want to go into uh, bore you with all the complicated details. It's mostly because I don't know them. But yeah, your lights go on 99.9 percent of the time without fail. But electricity and inflation have something in common. Neither is something that we talk about all that much. But both are constantly humming in the background, and they affect our everyday lives. And we only really think about either of them when some sort of massive tectonic shift occurs, right? Like a tree falling down on your power line outside the house. You know, I think it was Halloween this past year that our power was out for like a day and a half Dude, in our neighborhood. Three different instances where when the power went out. Yeah. And for a bunch of city boys, like that's unheard of. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know what to do with ourselves. That's true. And then I think the only time you actually think about inflation is when there's like headlines all over the place suggesting that inflation is going to become a major problem. But that begs the question, like, is it going to become a major problem? And if so, how can we prepare for that possibility in our own personal financial lives? This episode is going to be like that generator, full to the brim of gas, like <laughs> to help you overcome that power shortage, right? Like, Matt, you actually had a generator. I borrowed your generator when, when the lights were off in our neighborhood uh, for, for a time being, because I think my power is out longer than yours. That's right. And it really comes in handy to have something like that. So yeah, this episode, we're going to talk about your money and inflation and how you should be responding. Except, okay, so here's the thing. A generator kind of fixes the electricity. And so we're not going to fix inflation, though. <laughs> it's a maybe, like, I, may, I feel like a better way to maybe think about it is like, we're kind of like electricians. Like, we are your electrician friends, but we're in a different state. And so we can't fix your electricity, but we can help you to know what to do, maybe what not to do. <laughs> Talk you through it over the phone. Yeah, exactly. At least to help you to not get electrocuted. <laughs> right. And dude, it's true though. Inflation worries are seriously making the headlines these days. We've seen commodities shortages. Uh, they're causing prices to climb higher. Uh, and Warren Buffett, he even talked about it at the uh, annual Berkshire Hathaway meeting this he year. He called me ahead of time. He's like, should I talk about inflation, Joel? I was like, Warren, go for it. Dude, dude uh, Warren and Charles Munger have kind of fallen out of favor with uh, how they're treating Bitcoin these days. That's true. We won't get into that. Um, but he said, uh, Warren Buffett, he said that inflation is, is substantial right now and that companies that he owns uh, and others that those companies do business with, that they are all raising prices. And this is something we haven't had to even think about in uh, in recent years, you know? Like, this is something that you heard about, like, back during, like, the Cold War uh, era. <laughs> like, back in the 70s and, like, the 80s, inflation topped 10%. Yeah, yeah, we're like, oh, wait, inflation, it's still a real thing? Yeah. Dude, yeah, it is. Uh, and right now, it's it's been sitting at roughly, like, 1.5% over the last 10 years. Uh, it's been fairly predictable, pretty low as well. And so, we, because of that, we haven't had to give it much thought, uh, but that's clearly changing. Uh, and so, that's what we're going to talk about today, like, what's happening with inflation and how will it impact impact you. Yeah, but first let's give a definition. Let's talk about what inflation means. Yes. And so, yeah, simply put, inflation is essentially when prices go up, when things cost more. Or an even better definition might be when the purchasing power of your currency goes down. 
So examples of basic inflation could be something like the cost of a postage stamp or a gallon of milk, right? Just basic things that we use. Well, I don't know. I don't know if we use postage stamps anymore. <laughs> Let, let's just say you're mailing letters. I, I have the same booklet of stamps that I, that I bought like a year ago, and I think I've used like two of them. Yeah. Actually, you know, the only reason uh, I use them now pretty much is to send, like there's one IRS form that we have to I have to mail in like every every quarter for our business, and they require you to mail this form in. Of in course person. they do. Yeah, <laughs> that's the IRS. For that, you. That, there yeah. they go. And, uh, not not in the business of customer service, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, both of those things, uh, postage stamps and gallons of milk, cost about fifty percent more now than they did in nineteen ninety. And have you ever heard maybe your grandma talk about how she could get a candy bar for a nickel or how, you know, I don't know, a can of Coke cost uh, 10 cents, a bottle of Coke, I guess, I mean, back then? Yeah, like you would even see, like if you go to like antique stores, it's printed on the bottle, right? Yeah. Like, like, and you're like, wait a minute, it used to cost that much? Uh, it makes you think about too, like the chips. What's that one brand of uh, tortilla chips in the store? And they literally put the price like printed on the bag of chips and so they can't actually change the price <laughs> <laughs> like the stores can't mark it up because it's just printed on there you know what i'm talking about yeah. like that white oh, yeah. bag of uh white, white corn it's like even, even more no noticeable i guess if they raise their prices yeah, yeah like, it's like wait a, a minute <laughs> new price tag stamped on the bag but yeah it, like even uh, something as big as like a house maybe you heard your grandma say yeah, when, when i bought my house I, I specifically remember talking to my grandma matt i swear she in montana she bought her house for something right around twenty thousand dollars wow and i was kind of like uh don't rub what? it in grandma <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm happy for you grandma that you paid that that, that little amount of money for that home but also uh let's not talk about it anymore because yeah. it's bumming me out but yeah the one thing that your grandma doesn't mention in that conversation though or mine didn't at least is what the average salary was back then right i mean 77 percent of households in 1950 were earning less than five thousand dollars a year and that's a marked difference from what people earn today. Yeah, that's back when a million dollars was like a ton of money. You know, like <laughs> right. today, millionaires are just kind of like, oh, it sounds like everyone's kind of like a millionaire. But, <laughs> but, but back then, that was a rare thing. I mean, not everyone's a millionaire. Well, no, but like there's more millionaires today than... You know, oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> that's partly because of inflation, right? And, and the reason that wages were so low back then and they're so much higher now, well, that's because inflation has been doing its thing behind the scenes and it's had an impact not just on prices, not just on what you pay for milk or a house or postage stamps, but it's also had an impact on what you're able to earn at your job. Yeah, that's right. But but how long does it take for inflation to impact the purchasing power of your money? You know, and, and that depends on the rate of inflation. Uh, and so if inflation is at 2%, that's roughly what we've seen in recent years, that will cut the value of your money in half over the course of 35 years. Uh, if we see inflation rates closer to, let's say, 3%, that means your money gets cut in half after just 23 years. You bump that up to 4%, that means that you would see the value of your money halved in just 17 years. And, and so that's why sticking uh, your money, you know, say, under your mattress or, or burying it in your backyard is such a bad idea, uh, right? If, if you do, inflation is going to just cause way more harm than the earthworms, maybe even more harm than you not being able to find that money. Yeah, the, the moisture would be a problem. I know that. Like, you you double bag it, dog. Double bag it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if you're going to do that. But we, yeah, we would suggest you avoid that because yeah, do inflation is going to be worse uh, for you. But like, yeah, short term or temporary inflation is a legit thing too. That's kind of one of the things that, that people are talking about right now. Lumber, for example, has seen dramatic price increases because of the pandemic as supply chain problems coincided with higher demand. People putting more money into their home because they've been in their home a whole lot more. And will lumber prices go back down to pre-pandemic prices? We don't really know. That's yet to be seen. But there is a distinction, I would say, between short-term inflation, which is small-term disruptions, 
in price uh, over for a particular good or service and long-term inflation. And it can be hard to tell in the moment, like in the here and now, as people are predicting different things, how much of an impact that these short-term price spikes are going to have on like the long-term rate of inflation. Yeah, you know, honestly, dude, this makes me think about like catching a common cold or, or like having allergies, which which I do. Uh, luckily, I feel like I've, I'm completely out of the woods at this point, not dealing with my sinus issues. But a lot of folks who uh, reacted to the pollen, like I did back in the spring, might have been concerned that they had COVID, right? Like they may have even gone to get tested because when the symptoms kick in, it's hard to decipher, you know, what you are actually dealing with. And so similarly, noticeable rising prices might cause us to think, that inflation is out of control, right? And that it's about to wreck everything. But when it comes to these shortages, uh, the Federal Reserve cited COVID-related disruptions in production and supply chain logistics as the reasons for these shortages uh, and these price spikes. And so this has had a, a pretty massive impact on everything from you know building materials to cleaning products and microchips. A bump in prices now or you know even for the rest of the year doesn't necessarily mean that inflation is spiraling out of control. That's true. But it also doesn't mean that it isn't. Although yeah, I- That's true. I, I would tend to believe that it's not, and, and maybe some of these issues are more short-term. That remains to be seen. And, and luckily, there are a lot of really smart economists out there who are, who are watching inflation in our country closely, but that doesn't mean that you and I, as individuals, are completely off the hook. There are steps that our government can and does take to ensure that inflation doesn't get out of whack, doesn't get out of control. And there are things that we can do as individuals to lessen the negative impacts of inflation on our lives and on our personal finances. We'll get to all of that right after this break. Jill, I think there are a lot of folks who start small businesses and they're surprised at the amount of behind the scenes, the admin type work that they're not all that thrilled about getting your books together with uh, with some final figures so that you can file your corporate taxes, for instance. That's something we've been in the middle of. But it can really gum up the gears, potentially keeping you from doing the work you love. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,000, 25, and 1. That's right. Yeah, 37,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow, all in one place. There's a lot of power in the simplification of having all that information in one place. Helps you make better decisions. That's right. And right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash howtomoney. That's netsuite.com slash howtomoney to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash howtomoney. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. 
you can either let it just sit there empty or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A big part of being a responsible adult is taking care of the things you care about. For instance, my bike that I ride in to work on. I keep the tires pumped. I keep the chain greased. Gone are the days of leaving your bike out in the rain for weeks at a time, like a kid. (laughs) Simply put, the things futures are built around are the things worth protecting. And making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. With Trust & Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash howtomoney for 10% off plus free document shipping. As the primary breadwinner for our family, I've taken the steps to ensure that Kate and the kids that they're going to be taken care of if something terrible happens to me. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs. Their simple step-by-step process guides you from start to finish with ease. So get the peace of mind you deserve by creating your estate plan with Trust & Will. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with Trust & Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. Hey folks, it's Matt. I've got to tell you about something new I've been trying this year. I've been drinking a little Health Aid kombucha every day, and I feel amazing. It comes in so many delicious flavors, but my favorites so far are Pink Lady Apple and Ginger Lemon. So what exactly is Health Aid kombucha? Well, it is a fermented, bubbly, probiotic tea that's good for your gut. It's blended with real fruit juice, and it's super thirst-quenching, a little sweet and a little tangy, and very refreshing. I'm sure you've heard about the importance of gut health and supporting uh, your overall health. It's something I've read up on a good bit over the past year, which is why I've made Health Aid Kombucha a part of my everyday routine. Literally every afternoon, I'll have some. It's super easy, and it's affordable, too. My favorite grocery store, Aldi, they carry it as well. If you want to give it a try and see how great you can feel, look for the brown bottle with an anchor and make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. Joel, all right, man, we are back from the break. We're talking about inflation, and specifically, we're trying to figure out how to make uh, inflation sexy. <laughs> That's <laughs> right? a tough task right there, buddy. <laughs> it is, but I have faith in you and me. <laughs> we're going to do it. Uh, so before we talk about what to do about runaway inflation you know, on a personal level, let, let's, let's make it clear that inflation isn't necessarily a bad thing. So to, uh, you know, you mentioned the kind of electricity metaphor there earlier to uh, continue that thought uh, from before the break. Proper inflation, uh, just like the proper flow of electricity to your home, that is a good thing. The uh, The Federal Reserve wants inflation to happen, at, le- at least within reason. Uh, and that's partly because falling prices actually incentivize consumers to hold off on purchases, waiting for prices to fall even further, which harms the economy even more. Yeah, if I know that the price of that Tesla is going to, in all likelihood, fall by a few thousand dollars, like I'm just going to keep keep waiting. Keep waiting, man. And keep I'm that money in the bank. Yeah. Why would you spend that money now when you know you can spend less uh, a little bit later down the road, right? Yep. And so that's the theory from British economist John Maynard Keynes, anyway. But the, the problem is when inflation ramps up and speeds out of control. Uh, just like a surge of electricity to your household electronics, that's when things get fried and that's when things don't work like they're supposed to. The proper flow is good. Spikes and swings in electricity, that's bad news. That's true. So I, I think it is too really important to mention that this is one of those areas where a lot of really smart people disagree. Some people you know, think that inflation is bound to become a major issue in the years to come. They're almost convinced of it. <laughs> and uh, others believe that it's not in all likelihood going to be much of concern and that there are ways 
to fight inflation if it gets too out of control. You know, and, and Matt and I are not economists. Like, we're not making any predictions here. I just, just want to like say that too. <laughs> that we're not going to like inflation is all, in all likelihood going to uh, happen at a rate of three point two percent this year. Like, we're not making any predictions like that. Right. But let's talk about Matt. Some of the tools in the tool belt of the federal government to combat inflation when they need to. Um, another reason I think that, that some are concerned that inflation will ramp up is is because of government spending, actually, due to the right. trillions of dollars that the government has spent to combat the, the effects of COVID, especially putting more money into the pockets of individuals. You know, More money to spend means people are spending more and prices often go up yeah, you know, the, in tandem. The more money that's in circulation, it decreases the value of the money that's already there, man. That's right. Yeah. So th- this is one of the reasons that people are worried that the economy is overheating. Like we've never actually seen government spending <laughs> like this before, yeah. and especially direct payments to individuals. NPR actually said it well, I think, and, and they helped put that massive amount of money in context. They said, if the amount of money that the federal government spent fighting COVID, if that amount alone were the GDP of any nation, that nation would have the fourth or fifth, fifth largest economy <laughs> in the world this past year. That's insane. Yeah. So obviously, yeah, putting that in context, that's a ton of money that was spent in those few bills alone. So we are seeing things heat up and different economists and Federal Reserve officials are expecting this surge in prices. But if the surge continues uh, for more than a few months, then that might be a reason for concern and for yeah, some fiscal policy and some intervention. Yeah, it's okay to see things heating up a little bit, right? I mean, think about where things have been since last March, right? Not, not March this year, but <laughs> March last year when things completely came to a grinding halt. And so to see things pick up, yeah, it's, it's okay to see the consumer price index, to see inflation rise slightly. We just want to make sure it doesn't last for too long. But, you know, once inflation is at a level that's too high, of course, if and whenever that might occur, that's when the government uh, will step in. If inflation spikes, then a, a step that the Federal Reserve could, could take would be to raise interest rates in order to slow down the economy. So, for example, the higher the interest rates are, if uh, someone was thinking that they might buy a new car and finance it, well, you know, they might be less likely to do so because of the higher cost of financing. And simultaneously, if, if rates are higher uh, and banks are paying a higher interest rate to their customers and their savings accounts, well, folks are going to be incentivized to save their money. Like, why would I spend it, right? Just like you were saying, if you're expecting prices to go down, well, why would you spend it now? Because I can pay less for that thing later. Uh, the same thing is true here. If rates are high and I can hang on to that money, well, I'm incentivized to save that money. And so this slows things down. That's when there's less money flowing around the economy uh, and that cools things down. Yeah. And generally speaking, there's basically like an inverse relationship between interest rates and the rate of inflation, just like you're talking about, Matt. So like a counter example or scenario is like when the economy is slowing down or when it's kind of stalled out because of the pandemic, the Federal Reserve will lower their benchmark interest rate. Or like they did last March, they'll drop it all the way to zero. And, <laughs> Not yeah. just lower it, but just like slam it just like completely down. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so this has an impact on interest rates that banks are offering. That's why we've seen such pitiful interest rates when it comes to your savings accounts. Those have plunged over the past year, we've, uh, much to the chagrin of many of our listeners who enjoy saving their money. It's also a part of why we've seen historically low mortgage rates over the past year. You know, Banks aren't paying much in savings accounts, but they're also not charging a ton for mortgage loans. So yeah, these are these are kind of some of the inner workings, some of the ways that the rate of inflation kind of affects you know our savings rate, uh, borrowing rates, and just kind of how we approach our personal finances in general. Yeah. Yeah. Low inflation is uh, good if you're looking to take out a mortgage on a new home, but it's bad if you're looking to build up that nest egg in order to secure that mortgage, right? Uh, and so this is just all a part of how the central banks manipulate the uh, 
supply and demand of money in order to keep the economy uh, moving along at a reasonable expected rate of inflation, right? But you know, don't expect higher interest rates anytime soon because we're actually below the targeted 2% inflation rate that the Fed has set. Uh, the, the Federal Reserve has made it clear that they're not going to raise rates, uh, interest rates, their benchmark rate, until the inflation rate is at or above its target rate for a while, which is why they've said it might be sometime in 2023, maybe early 2024, before they make any moves there. And so the rate of inflation is definitely increasing compared to where it's been because things are warming up. Like, you know, like it, it almost feels like we're kind of back to the before times, Joel, <laughs> where we're spending money like we used to. But the inflation rate currently is not too high, uh, at least not yet. Yeah, I think one of the other interesting things about inflation is, you know, we just talked about how the government, uh, their their role and the Federal Reserve's role when it comes to inflation and kind of attacking it if things get too crazy, too out of hand uh, when it comes to inflation or, you know, prodding the economy and trying to accelerate things and accelerate the rate of inflation if things stall out. But now let's talk about how we should think about inflation as individuals. Because, you know, this is how to money. <laughs> we want to talk about your personal finances when it comes to this giant, broad economic topic. That's right. And so even as prices continue to rise, that doesn't mean that everything will cost more. For instance, Matt, I, th- I think one of the most fascinating things is we just assume rate of inflation, everything that we buy is going to cost more. And that might be frustrating. That might be like kind of an annoying thing to hear. Maybe a little depressing. You're yeah. just like, oh my gosh, everything is going to cost more. But not quite true. Because let's take, for example, computers. They cost a whole lot less than they did 20 years ago. Technological improvements are actually a way that our dollars go further and inflation affects us less than we might think that it does. In fact, Matt, everybody out there listening is probably uh, listening to this show on their super smart computer that's in their pocket, their smartphone, <laughs> right? And like, haven't it, they said that like the the computing power that's in our smartphones right now could you know take Apollo like the Apollo mission to the moon? <laughs> I'm like, I wouldn't doubt it. Yes, but instead, you know, we're using it to play Candy Crush, and <laughs> <laughs> things like that. And well, and I think too about all the other things maybe that we that we used to buy that just a bunch of items we used to have in our house that we don't have any need for any longer because we have a smartphone like yeah, yeah. It, the smartphone replaces just a ton of gadgets it's like the swiss army knife tool at this point like you don't have to have a flashlight or a calculator on hand anymore or an ipod or a video camera i mean there's so many different things that your smartphone does that you used to have all these other gadgets for and so yeah it's interesting to note how technological progress actually helps us when it comes to inflation yeah. so that we're not seeing literally 2% of our dollars eroded every single year. Basically, even as inflation marches continually higher, that kind of progress really does stem the tide, in, in some ways at least. Yeah, having a, a healthy, steady rate of inflation is a good thing, right? That's what we're kind of hoping for. But it's not everything. There are other factors that we need to kind of step back and you know pull our noses out of the the book about inflation and realize that there are other things that affect our lives and the, the price of things. And you know, like we mentioned, inflation affects wages as well. That that mostly lame cost of living increase that you get from your employer, like two percent, always annoyed me. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of feels like a joke. But because inflation has been so low uh, over the the past ten years, like that that tiny little raise is actually enough for your pay to slightly outpace the price increases of most goods and services each year. And so like while your pay would ideally outpace inflation significantly, that cost of living increase is actually important. Uh, and since 1950, prices are up around 1,000%, but the median household income is actually up closer to 2,500%. Uh, so there's a massive difference between what folks are earning these days compared to the new cost of goods. 
yeah, overall, the standard of living has increased dramatically in our country, right, in the past 70 years. Just the idea that you can have a decent smartphone for 100 bucks and monthly service for $15 a month. <laughs> like, it's it's incredible compared to, I, I think, you know, our, our grandparents, if you actually, like, talk to them about what it was like to live in the 1950s, they might not love all the new technology. They might not be on TikTok, right? But it, they're at least going to be able to admit that it's pretty crazy, like, the amount of goods and services that we have at our disposal and how inexpensive some of the most important ones to us actually are. That's true. So, yeah, while the cost of living wage increases uh, that you just mentioned, Matt, there you know can sometimes be a bummer it's nice to know that they're actually helping us you know keep up with the rate of inflation and technological progress you know that's another thing that affects us more directly than what the government does but there are specific things that we have direct control over ways that we should be using our money now to combat the effects of inflation especially if inflation begins to tick up we'll get to our thoughts on that right after this So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Hey, folks, it's Matt. I've got to tell you about something new I've been trying this year. I've been drinking a little Health Aid kombucha every day, and I feel amazing. It comes in so many delicious flavors, but my favorites so far are Pink Lady Apple and Ginger Lemon. So what exactly is Health Aid kombucha? Well, it is a fermented, bubbly probiotic tea that's good for your gut. It's blended with real fruit juice, and it's super thirst-quenching, a little sweet and a little tangy, and very refreshing. I'm sure you've heard about the importance of gut health and supporting uh, your overall health. It's something I've read up on a good bit over the past year, which is why I've made Health Aid Kombucha a part of my everyday routine. Literally every afternoon, I'll have some. It's super easy, and it's affordable, too. My favorite grocery store, Aldi, they carry it as well. If you want to give it a try and see how great you can feel, look for the brown bottle with an anchor and make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. I got my first life insurance policy almost a decade ago. And hey, I'm still kicking it. I very much hope that trend continues, Matt. 
And since then, I've actually added coverage via Policy Genius. And if you out there, you're listening and you're worried that this is going to be a massive pain getting life insurance, think again. Policy Genius made it an incredibly easy process. If you have loved ones who rely on you and your income, life insurance is a crucial part of your financial plan. Not only does it provide a financial backstop for your family, it also gives you peace of mind too. Plus, the longer you wait, the more rates go up because life insurance rates typically increase as you get older. So if this is something you've been putting off, it's time to make it happen now. That's right. Yeah. And even if you already have a life insurance policy through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs. And it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. All right, dude, we are back. And, you know, up until now, we've, we've been talking about inflation and the, the ways that it affects us. But we also don't have a whole lot of control over what Jerome Powell does with, you know, over at the Federal Reserve. Like we don't Maybe have... you don't. <laughs> I got a direct line to a cell phone. You always say that, like, you've got everyone's cell phone number. I got uh, all these connections, dude, no, that you, you don't know about. Nobody believes you <laughs> if you're going to constantly be crying Warren Buffett or if you're constantly crying Jerome Powell. <laughs> I, I don't know any of them. Uh, but here's the thing. You know, it, we do have control over what we do with our own dollars. Uh, so what can you do about inflation? That is an important question to ask. So that, you know, no matter what we see happen with inflation in the coming months and in the coming years, that it doesn't hurt you in a significant way. Uh, and the first thing that we're just always going to recommend for folks to do when it comes to their own personal finances and inflation is to make sure that they are investing their money. Uh, we, we want to make sure that folks are investing more of their money. And we want folks to understand, too, that investing is not the same thing as saving their money. I think it can be easy for some individuals to think, well, I'm, I'm not buying that Tesla, Joel, like you mentioned earlier. I'm taking that money. I'm being responsible. It's sitting there in my checking account. It's sitting there in my savings account. But we're here to make sure that folks understand that investing is uh, such a better thing to do than just saving your money. Because, right, well, obviously, like you do need an emergency fund. You need liquid funds in the bank. But if you avoid investing, dude, inflation is going to eat you alive over the years and it's going to hurt the value of your dollars in a big way. The, the main reason to start investing is to build wealth, right? But even before that, the first goal of investing is to make sure that you're beating inflation and to avoid seeing your wealth get destroyed through inactivity, through it just sitting there in your savings or your checking account. And so if you're too scared to invest and you're only willing to put money in a savings account, you're going to end up in a, a really difficult position. Uh, and that's not what we want for our listeners here at How to Money. That, that's what I think the, the same thing is true when it comes to like working out. Your first goal is just to kind of keep your body from deteriorating. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just to like, keep you alive. If I just do like 20 push-ups a day, I can maybe keep myself... In, yeah, I'm not going to get like the rock buff, but at least I'm not going to get ridiculously weak. Yeah. And, and I think... You're not going to injure yourself. Hopefully it means that your body won't go negative, right? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so I, I think it's the same thing with investing. You're right, Matt. The, the first step is to beat inflation. And then wealth generation is the inevitable consequence of continuing to invest. And I think one thing that we need to talk about when it comes to investing, a lot of people, and you're going to see more and more headlines touting this, will say that gold oh, yeah. is the best hedge against inflation. And you're just going to see a lot of folks pointing to the fact that you should be putting more of your funds in gold as inflation starts to heat up. But 
Yeah, gold can be risky, and it's not as good of an inflation hedge as some people make it out to be. If you're invested for the long haul, if you're investing for the next 10, 20, 30 years, we still think, and based on historic returns too, that sticking mostly with stocks is your best bet. If you're looking for more short-term protection, putting your money in I-bonds is a worthwhile place to go. So are TIPS, which are Treasury Inflation Protected Securities. Both of these products are based on or linked to the inflation rate. And those are decent vehicles if you're really concerned with inflation, but still, the best way to outpace inflation with your dollars is to invest and invest heavily in the stock market. Yep. And, you know, generally speaking, we're not fans of gold. Uh, we're not fans. I of mean, if you want to give me some, I'll take it. <laughs> yes, I'll, I'll take it as well. Uh, but investing in gold now. Yeah. And I mean, especially physical gold as well, because then you have to get a, like a lockbox at the bank or something like that. And that's just an inconvenience. Like, I don't even want to go to the post office, right? Like, like <laughs> stamps.com or whatever. True. <laughs> we're talking about stamps earlier. And so investing, that's one thing that you can do to make sure that you are fighting inflation. Housing, dude, like that's another good hedge against inflation as well. Uh, primary residences are the number one financial asset that most Americans have. We, we kind of wish that this wasn't the case. We'd love uh, for more Americans to be investing so much money that their 401k was actually worth more than the equity of their home. Uh, but uh, yeah, alas, that is not the case. However, the, the rising values of homes have beat out inflation. Uh, and since the 1960s, homes have risen on average uh, 4% annually. And so that's a, that is good news for homeowners. And another thing too, low interest rate debt, like having a 30-year mortgage in the uh, low range that, they're, you know, that it's currently at now, like around 3%, this can actually be beneficial when it comes to combating the effects of inflation on your finances. Yeah, Matt, that, that's because like your monthly mortgage is locked in while inflation continues to march. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, you get that 30 year mortgage and your monthly mortgage pay payment is $1,000 a month. Uh, 10 years from now, $1,000 a month looks like a pretty cheap you know, monthly amount to be paying. Yeah, that's right. right now, it might not seem as ideal as you would like, but later on down the road, as prices continue to rise, having locked that in is going to be really, really nice, right? And you shouldn't typically buy a home for just financial reasons. Like homes are not a great investment. A better reason to buy a home is for the impact that it's going to have on your lifestyle that you want to put down roots. You know, you want to you know join that community and you want to stay there for a long time. You want to paint the walls the color that you want them to be. <laughs> yeah, we not had your landlord. An orange wall in one of our homes and like a turquoise office. We kind of stopped using the crazy colors so recently. Um, yeah. Uh, Bring it back, dude. Maybe. I don't know. I'll think about it. All the different colors. Haven't we seen that as a trend as folks are leaving lockdown? Like folks are kind of embracing like vibrancy and life and just different colors. Well, no yeah. one wants the drab, you know, <laughs> grays and whites and blacks anymore, even though that's like half my wardrobe <laughs> <laughs> personally. And actually all the all the house, all the walls in our house are all those colors as well. <laughs> well, I think the reason that we opted to stop going with the insane wall colors was so that our artwork could actually stand out because oh, our artwork's a little zany and a little colorful and yeah having a more reserved art color actually helps those pop out that's, yeah like a gallery wall that's right but uh, yeah in effect because of inflation it feels like your monthly mortgage payment is even shrinking even though it's staying the same uh, when you own that home. So if you own a home, it's a solid hedge against potential inflation increases. If you're particularly worried about inflation, 
owning a home is one way to kind of weather any potential inflation storm that comes up. Yeah, it's definitely a benefit. Like, And again, we wouldn't recommend folks to purchase a home in, specifically as an inflation hedge. Like, There are so many other factors to consider, specifically if uh, it fits your lifestyle, You know, if you want to be in a home, and how long you're going to be in that home. You need to make sure that you're there at least five years, if not more, to make sure that it's worth it for you. But that is a benefit for sure uh, in a way that you can beat inflation. Another thing you can do too is to prioritize eliminating high interest rate debts, especially debt that comes with variable interest rates. If we do be- begin to see inflation become a more meaningful issue, it'll likely affect the interest rate that you pay on debts like credit cards and HELOCs. Uh, those rates might be low now, but if inflation kicks into uh, a higher gear, they won't stay low for long. And so if you've let that debt linger, work to get rid of it now. So generally speaking, uh, yeah, inflation kind of it's bad for your variable rate debt that you might have, but it's good for your savings. Uh, and it's good, too, if you have that that really low fixed rate debt like a mortgage. Yep. And one other reaction you should have in all likelihood to inflation, uh, one way to protect your personal finances is to get on a budget and then adapt it accordingly. Basically, if you're trying to live on the same budget (laughs) numbers that you were from 2011, from 10 years ago, I bet you're having a tough time because prices have gone up. Like even though inflation's been low, we have seen price increases over the last 10 years Mm -hmm. on everything from, you know, what you pay for cars, car insurance, milk stamps of course <laughs> right like all those craft things beer craft beer definitely Dude, has gone up it's definitely more i'm expensive. actually really curious to look back at the craft beer prices from yeah 2011 10 years ago but here's the thing it's not apples to apples because the quality of the craft beer has definitely gone up in the past 10 years that's true too you know it i know it the whole world knows it <laughs> the american people know it we all know it right yeah so so yeah like obviously you're not going to be able to to live well on the budget that you created 10 20 years ago you need to update your budget and you need to update it as prices shift and we're not talking like incremental small changes on a monthly basis but double checking your budget once a year to make sure that you can still get by on that gas or grocery budget is crucial like you know if you've noticed your grocery bills start to creep up or if obviously gas prices have definitely gone up if you're like i drive the same amount of miles i can't cut how much i'm driving my budget needs to increase accordingly and i might need to cut back in another place so that my budget still works well then do that but having a budget that works for the reality of the prices that exist uh, is is really important yeah, dude, you know, and as prices have gone up, uh, there are ways though that we can kind of make these changes to our budgets to make sure that we are still on a budget and making sure that our dollars are, are going the distance that we want it to. You know, one of the things you can do is you can substitute a purchase that you might normally make with something similar that hasn't, say, gone up in price to the same degree. So for instance, uh, if you like ribeye, uh, <laughs> and maybe the prices of ribeye have gone up, uh, what you can do instead is instead eat like a cheaper cut of meat. Uh, instead, maybe you can be looking at that, that skirt steak. Although I think st- skirt steak is pretty expensive too, because it's kind so, of like yeah. a, lot, a lot of people like it now. Maybe you go uh, sirloin. Steak. Yeah. <laughs> but but then is it even worth you know, <laughs> that's a good point. getting Then the you sirloin. just get chicken. Uh, that's true. So that's one of the things you can do. Or obviously too, you can just cut it all together. You can just do without. So for instance, just skip it all together. Like just eliminate that meat from your diet. I'm just eating spinach now. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, like we said, inflation will hit some categories harder than others. But just be aware and, and be willing to shift your your, your buying accordingly. Uh, and I, I just want to point out and highlight too that like we're not talking about just every year increasing all of the different categories in your budget by two percent or whatever the inflation rate is that for you know for that year. Instead, we want you to reflect on your budget and and just look at maybe areas that went slightly over 
And if those are areas that mean something to you, if you gain a lot of value from those categories of spending, then that's when you want to make sure that you increase that a little bit. You don't want to be constantly in the state of feeling like you are failing your budget, right? Yeah. Because uh, that would feel maybe a little defeatist. But dude, honestly, I, I really do like the fact that every year, assuming, let's just say that you know the inflation rate's at 2%, that our money buys us a little bit less, assuming that your wages are moving up in accordance with inflation, but you're spending, if you're kind of locked into like maybe the previous year's spending, I like how there's this, this natural tightening of the belt that takes place. And it takes you being intentionally proactive to say, okay, now I am, I'm going to choose to spend a little bit more. Uh, it's one of the rare instances I feel like in life where if you stick with a certain dollar amount, that's actually going to mean more money in your account uh, at the end of the day. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. almost like a behavioral thing that you're not thinking about. You're like, well, I guess I'll just keep the same budget from last year. Yeah, without realizing that it's buying you a little bit less and therefore you're actually kind of saving a little bit more yeah. money. I'll, yeah, I like have, that. It's, it's kind of like yeah, a little psychological trick. Probably having to be just a little more intentional at the grocery store. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Matt, I, I think it does remain to be seen whether inflation is going to have a major impact on our economy and on our personal finances in the coming years. There's definitely no solid information right now where we can be like, yep, it's going to it's gonna mess you up in a big way and you yeah. definitely need to be taking this, this, and this step. But hopefully we outlined enough steps so that you can be prepared for inflation. And you know what? Even if inflation doesn't get out of control, inflation is a constant, right? And so yes. there are steps we need to take anyway, no matter the rate of inflation and what the future holds. Yeah, and, and hopefully too, again, even if uh, runaway inflation isn't a, a massive problem like later this year or next year in the future, it's just important to understand how inflation works Kind of like when we were talking about electricity as, as a metaphor. When you understand something, it becomes a whole lot less scary, right? And so that's the whole point of this episode is to kind of shine a light on how it works, to realize it's there, uh, to realize that it can provide a lot of good for our economy, and then it likely shouldn't be something that you're scared of. It's something that you need to treat with respect. Isn't <laughs> uh, that like what parents always say about certain tools that are like dangerous? I feel like, like we need t-shirts that say respect the inflation. Res yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. But yeah, it's, it's something you don't need to be scared of, though. And oftentimes the headlines that we see in the news are, are often just overhyped. Yeah, yeah, I, I think exactly. I think it's one of the things that we want people to take away from this episode, too, is to not freak out too much about all the inflation prognostications that are flying around yeah. these days, all the headlines that are like, inflation is going to mess you up. Like it is true that inflation might have more of an impact on our dollars in the coming years, but there's a lot that you can do uh, to be prepared. And in all likelihood, it, that inflation of prices is going to mean inflation in wages. And so inflation is something we do need to know about, but it's not something we need to be scared of. All right, Matt, let's move back to the beer today on the show. We drank a beer called Be Easy. It's a double IPA, a Citra IPA by the good folks at Monday Night Brewing. What were your thoughts on this beer, man? Yeah, not surprisingly, this is a uh, double New England IPA. So as we poured it, nice and hazy, basically looked like orange juice. And dude, it was a total juice bomb. So delicious. In my opinion, it had the right amount of uh, hot bitterness. It kind of had that herbal nature going on with the right amount of sweetness as well. It's no surprise that uh, I really like this one. And uh, yeah, what were your thoughts? I'm just going to guess that you also liked it. Also liked <laughs> yes. this beer. Yes, somehow, a lot. It's, uh, we need to ha start having beers on that we don't like. <laughs> just, just to, you know, I think folks want to hear us complain about something. Because we, we, don't, we don't often complain about the beers we have on the show because, I mean, we, we, we like craft beer. Yeah, we literally got an email from somebody one time and they're like, there's no way you like all the beers you have. And I'm like, well, <laughs> no, we handpick most of them. And yeah, so oftentimes we, we do. I look at the untapped ratings yeah. and like when people send us beers, yeah, usually we like them too because 
we like craft beer and people know yes. you know the kind of stuff we like but um yeah this was another really good one i think what's fun about this beer i love to get to try every once in a while a single hop ipa oh yeah like mo- most ipas are this medley of like four or five six different varieties kind of uh, used together to make that beer but with this beer you get like an in-depth treatment to like the citra uh, hop and uh, yeah i really enjoy it. i think citra hop is one of my favorites sometimes it can be a little juicy and it can be a little one note but whatever they did with this beer it had a bunch going on so good it was still delicious so yeah this is probably one of the best single hop ipas i've ever had yeah and specifically too this one was brewed in uh, partnership with bottle share which is a it's a non-profit that folks who are in the craft beer industry, that, that if they're a member, uh, those, I guess, those funds or, you know, money that they pay into it goes towards folks who have faced something really difficult in their life. And so I assume that a part of this specific beer actually went to that nonprofit, which is a really good thing as well. And so I'm glad that that's something that you and I could be a, a part of in a very small way by uh, sharing this one here on the show, Joel. That, that's the best thing when you buy beer and it helps somebody. It's oh, like, of course. <laughs> slam dunk. I'm in. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, that's going to be it for this episode. Listeners can find our show notes up on our website at how to money.com yeah and if you're still confused about inflation or maybe you've got some additional questions we'd love to to hear them and actually you can send in a voice memo and we can take that question on an upcoming ask htm episode just go to howtomoney.com slash ask simple instructions there for you to submit your voice question and we can take it on an upcoming episode we did our best but we might not have knocked it out the park yeah (laughs) and we didn't dive into other things too that maybe we wanted to like like mmt right modern monetary theory like there's all sorts of things when it comes to an inflation that we didn't really touch on because we didn't want to get too nerdy with it but they're too political too because sometimes that's that's true yeah Yeah. but but it's things that we find interesting and so i feel like listener questions are a way to kind of do a deep dive (laughs) into something that we wouldn't normally spend an entire episode talking about but inflation dude it's so essential and it's good to make sure that we're all on the same page moving forward and and that folks understand it as well yeah for sure all right so thanks for listening and until next time best friends out best friends out Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Upswell Marketing would like to remind listeners that most people don't belong to two gyms. They don't see two dentists or trust two auto repair shops. So when customers choose your small business over your competitors, they're really choosing you. 
Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads. And in fact, that formula and media mix has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. And new customers receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. Hey, it's Matt here for Health Aid Kombucha. This bubbly probiotic tea blended with real fruit juice is deliciously thirst-quenching and great for your gut health. Health Aid Kombucha comes in many flavors like Pink Lady Apple, Passion Fruit Tangerine, and Ginger Lemon, which is one of my favorites since it has that extra ginger kick. I'm a big fan, though the kids prefer the the mango lemonade. It's organic, it's non-GMO, and a great alternative to sodas and other sugary drinks. Just look for the brown bottle with an anchor in your local stores. Give it a try today. Make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you.